0: Accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm you will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you don't fear a thing whether by day or by night demonic danger will not trouble you nor will the powers of evil be launched against you even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the The shadow of God most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling you'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness trampling every one of them beneath your feet for here is what the Lord has spoken to me His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives in the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me, because you loved me. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. Good morning, everyone
1: want to welcome you here to Victor Christian Fellowship. If you're watching online, we just want to welcome you whenever you see this. You're in a great place today. You're in a place of, of, that houses people that love God and welcome His presence. And we're going to have a good time in the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, Father. We are so excited. We are so um, joyful that we have you on our side that you are with us you never leave us nor forsake us you're right here with us today lord and we give you the highest praise we give you glory and honor for you alone are worthy lord and we bless your holy name in jesus name amen let's worship the lord together Thank you. about it free this morning, get rid of any chain, any bondage, any hindrance, you might need to just shake it off, like Paul shook off the snake, you know that snake last onto his hands, but Paul just shook it off, and he went on, hallelujah, we shake off heavy bands, and we lift up holy hands. Your freedom is in your praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
2: Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're so good. You're so faithful. You are true. You are absolutely true. You are trustworthy. You are dependable and reliable, and we can't go wrong trusting you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for the work that you have to do here today. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. the truth shall make you free. Not just any truth, but the truth you hear from me, says the Lord. Continue in my word. Saturate your mind with my message. Saturate your life with my commands. For in knowing the truth, you are made free, free, free. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, well you may have your seats, hallelujah, we're taking this day to celebrate uh, communion because last week was Mother's Day, and so uh, communion is a great time to remember, it's a picture of what God has done for us, hallelujah, and we like to celebrate communion as a family, and you know, if you're watching online, just find some elements that you can use and join in with us. And uh, communion is a very powerful thing. Hallelujah. Jesus uh, said, as often as you do this, right, so we could do it, you could do it in your personal life, glory to God, and uh, it's a powerful thing. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to start with verse 16, Hallelujah. Are you full of joy this morning? Yes. Glory to God. You, if you're full of Jesus, you're full of joy. Amen. And if you're not full of Jesus, you can get filled up. Yes. Amen? First Corinthians 10, 16, I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, Is the cup of blessing which we bless at the Lord's Supper not a sharing? In the blood of Christ, indeed it is. Is the bread which we break not a sharing in the body of Christ? Indeed it is. Since there is one bread, we believers who are many are united into one body. For we all partake of the one bread which represents the body of Christ. And I want to zero in on those two phrases sharing in the blood and sharing in the body. You are a sharer, a partaker, an heir. You get an equal portion that Jesus gets. You know, when you share in something, if I had a pizza and I gave you a slice, you're sharing in that pizza with me. Amen? And if you want more, I'll give you more. Amen. That's the way God is. You know, because one taste of God, you realize how good he is and you're going to want more. Amen. So what does it mean to share in the blood? That means you share in redemption. Oh, hallelujah. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. You have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. When you share in the blood, you share in justification. You are just as righteous as Jesus is. You've been justified, and your Father is the judge. He pronounced you not guilty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you share in the blood, you're sharing in forgiveness. Jesus forgives you so that you can forgive others. Hallelujah. When you share in the blood, you're sharing in reconciliation. Your books have been adjusted. Your debt has been paid. You are debt free. Hallelujah. Satan can't claim any debt anymore. That debt's been paid. Sin can't claim anything else on you. That debt's been paid. Everybody say paid. Paid in full. Oh, nothing. Hallelujah. When you share in the blood, you share in adoption and fellowship. If you're not a Jew, you've been adopted into the Jewish family. Amen. We've been grafted in. Hallelujah. We're Jewish. We're Jews by adoption. We come from the tribe of Judah. Why? Because that's our bloodline. Hallelujah. That's our champion. He's of the tribe of Judah, and so are we. My goodness. When you share in the blood, you share in healing, cleansing, purity, sanctification, and sonship. Sonship is a position in Christ. It it has nothing to do with gender. It has everything to do with position. You've been positioned in Christ. You've been seated in heavenly places. All right? What does it mean to share in the body? Glory to God. When you share in the body, you share in the word because the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. You share in the promises of God. All the promises of God to you are yes and amen. If you ask God about any promise, his response to you is yes, amen. You can have it. You can do it. You can be it. Amen? When you share in his body, you share in his humanity. Think about that. Jesus was a man. God put on flesh. He put on the same suit that we wear to be on this earth. He got here the same way you did. You got born here. So did he. Amen. You know, he's the son of God. Yes, but he's also the son of man. And we share in his humanity because he shared in our humanity. He's the perfect representative. Hallelujah. Uh When you share in the body, you share in his family and his likeness. Hallelujah. We we are made in his image and in his likeness. We have similarities. We have same characteristics. We definitely have the same nature. Say, I'm like my father in heaven. Hallelujah. When you share in his body, you share in his victory, his triumph, his ability to overcome, and his championship status. Glory to God. Because he overcame death, you overcome death. He rose from the dead, you raised from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. We share in his victory and we share in his triumph. And that's all has to do with communion. Yeah, we're sharing in his blood, which is represented by juice. We're sharing in his body, which is represented by bread. Amen. Glory to God. Philippians three, verse 10 says it best. And this so that I may know him. Exper- experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable work- wonders of his person more completely, and in the same way experience his power. You know, if you want to experience his power, you've got to experience him. Because him and his power are together. Amen. you can't have one without the other. Hallelujah. The power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers. Do you you realize right now, resurrection power is overflowing and active in you? And then he says, and and in the fellowship of his sufferings, being continually conformed inwardly to his likeness and to his death. Amen? So it's talking about we can get integrated into Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this, this sharing is the word koinonia. It's, it's partnership. It is a participation, and it is communion. It is fellowship. It is a fellowship in the Spirit. It's koinonia. It's, it's a coming together. Amen? So Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, he received this from the Lord. So he had a revelation of communion from the Lord that he could communicate to churches. Alright? He said, I received this from the Lord himself, that which I pass on to you, that on, that the Lord Jesus, the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And he gave thanks. And he broke it. And he said, This represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Oh. I jumped the gun a little bit. My goodness, I got so excited about the message. Go ahead and get your elements.
2: Could you
1: give me an extra one? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I just gave you an example that preaching is... Truth poured over personality. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Everybody have their elements. (laughs) Let's rewind that tape and let's do over. (laughs) Paul received this from the Lord himself. He said, the Lord Jesus, on the night which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, I just. Jesus knew what was about to happen to his body and he's given thanks. He's honoring God. He said, he broke it and said, this this represents my body, which is offered for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat the bread. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then in the same way, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. You're about to enter into a covenant with God. Ratified in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Hallelujah, let us drink. And let's give God praise for who he is and what he's done. And that we have the ability to share in his body and his blood. Oh, Lord, we praise you, we magnify you, we thank you. We give you honor and glory and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Let's make our confession. Glory to God. Glad that you're here this morning. Hallelujah. And glad that you're watching whenever you get the ability to watch. Amen. Aren't you ready to speak the word of God? Let's make our confession of faith. God's God's kingdom operates on the principle of seed time and harvest. Seeds are powerful tools that bring increase and
3: and produce harvest. God has empowered us to be fruitful and multiply.
1: Our Our God God is good to
3: us, and his blessing blessing causes the the earth to yield its harvest for us. We purposely purposely plant our our seed in good ground, and it it grows, ripens, and we we reap its return. return. We know the condition of our assets and pay close attention to our finances, that our family family is well taken care of, and we we are able able to help others. We work work in God's kingdom. We receive wages and and gather fruit for eternal eternal life. We we rejoice when we plant and when when we we reap. reap. Our seeds begin to increase greatly the moment they are planted. We reap abundantly because we sow generously. We cheerfully and freely give to God's work and kingdom. God makes every favor and earthly blessing come to us, and we have more than enough to do what God wants and give to others.
4: We are sowers, and the Lord gives us seed
3: and meets our needs. According to his glorious riches in Christ, he multiplies our resources and increases our righteousness, so we are enriched in every way. We walk worthy of the Lord and please him in all things. We are fruitful, producing abundant harvest in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. Our faith is strong.
4: Our insight is clear and our love is
3: strong for God's word. At At Victory, victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the the message message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At At Victory Christian Fellowship, We are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits.
4: Amen. Good morning, everybody. How is everyone today? I would say we are operating in freedom. All right, so first I would like to share with you a revelation that I got. I was listening to um, Charles and Annette Capps on Quantum Faith, and they said that particles, like you can't, okay, they don't really exist until someone looks at them. That blew my mind. I was so excited, okay? Like I really had to think about that because it took me a little while to process it. But basically all of creation waits for you. To look at it, right, and to to command it and to tell it what to do. And I was listening to uh, Terry Foy, Terry Savelle Foy, and um, she had, like, a whole thing on organization and stuff like that. And the one lady said that um, all of creation includes time as well which I didn't really think about until I heard it, which makes sense. We operate, you know, with seasons, like the earth operates in seasons. We use days by, like, the sun. Going around the sun is like a whole year, right? So when God made all of creation and he made us last and gave us dominion over everything he created, that also includes time as well. So all of creation waits for us to speak to it. And I'm super excited about that. Right? Right? And we operate that way here at Victory Christian Fellowship. So we are going to use our faith and speak out and command the atmospheres around us. So we have a couple projects going on. We got some new things. We're doing some upgrades. First, we have um, an AC project. We need a new compressor. So feel free to give. It's an opportunity to give and to participate in BCF growing. That's the first project. The second project is working on the kitchen to get two new ovens and a vent. Because you know we are always cooking here and blessing people with food, spiritually and physically. So we are upgrading our kitchen. And then another project is also the VCF stage lights. So we want to put stage lights up all over the place so our production looks top notch. Because that's how we operate. We operate in excellence. Okay, so those are our long-term projects. Then this Tuesday is Youth Group at 6 p.m., right? We have ongoing fundraisers. Like I said, feel free to check those out after every service. And also with the youth, this Saturday, you can come out and support Air Force. We are going to be at a craft and vendor show. It's going to be down at Memorial Park. used to be called Fireman's Park. And Abby and Devon are going to be singing from, like, 10 to 11, 1030 to 1130. And they're going to have, like, over 70 vendors and food trucks. It's going to be so much fun. So you can come on out and support that on Saturday from 9 to 3 is the whole time, which is May 21st for those people who need specific dates. All right. And then also on Tuesday, we celebrate Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona's anniversary. They will be married 25 years. Woo! That is so exciting. And I'm so thankful that they, like, God brought them together and that they are here for Victory Christian Fellowship. Also, just last week was Pastor Nadine's and Pastor Nelson's five-year anniversary as well. Right? May is the month, apparently. (laughs) All right, so we welcome you to participate in a card shower. We are going to celebrate our pastors and their anniversaries next Sunday after service. We will have snacks and fellowship and be together and celebrate all that God has done for them. Wednesday is Wednesday night refreshing at 630. It's just, it's Appling Dame. It's so refreshing to be here, and, like, my soul and my spirit, they're just always refreshed every time I'm at VCF. Friday is woven. This will be the last one before our summer break, and that is at 6 p.m. So Dr. Fiona always gives a good message, and I'm excited before the summer. we, can, we have the whole summer then to implement everything that we have learned. And Saturday, May 28th, is Barnabas. So not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. It is called the Breakthrough Breakfast. It's a special event specifically for Barnabas. And it is for men ages 12 and up, and it starts around 8, 8 8.15. Correct? Okay. And that is all of our announcements. I think I got everything. (laughs)
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Now those those upgrades the the most immediate one is the compressor. It's for the sanctuary. So if you want to be cool this summer, <laughs> actually uh it's uh parts and labor are just under $1900 and uh as soon as the parts come in they're going to replace that. So uh if you'd like to uh Contribute to that. You can uh, just mark it building or uh, compressor, however you'd like to do that. But you can designate it for that. Amen. Amen. And I wanted to read a a portion of scripture in uh, Acts chapter four before we dismiss the kids. Hallelujah. And I won't start preaching until I dismiss the kids. (laughs) Hallelujah. Acts chapter four. And uh, verse 32, Acts 4 and verse 32, and it says, the multitude of them that believed, notice what, what their attitude was, they were of one heart and one soul, heart and soul, in agreement, in accord, together, neither said any of them that, Aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Because, you know, 3,000 people were added to the Lord in one day, on the day of Pentecost. And uh, sometimes um, it came at a great sacrifice to accept Jesus. You know, the Jews, uh, not all the Jews were happy about that. Anyway. And uh, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Everybody say great grace. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Wow. How can you create an atmosphere where no one lacks? They did it. Watch. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses. Everybody say lands. Is that more than one? Houses more than one. Notice, they were possessors of more than one house, more than one land, okay? They sold them, and they tithed off the sale. Is that what it says? They brought the price for what they sold it for. So someone had this extra house, right? I'm just going to sell this house, and I'm going to give it into God's kingdom, they took the entire, you know, let's say you sell a house and you make $15,000. He brought the whole $15,000 into the kingdom. Amen? And verse 35, and, them that, and, and, and laid them at the apostles' feet. I can just imagine bringing in bags. Right? You just sold a piece of property. You sold a home. You're bringing in the proceeds. Okay, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you this is what they did. All right. And it created an atmosphere where no one lacked. Did you know if you want to create an atmosphere where no, no one lacks, you got to give. Giving takes care of lack because giving brings God on the scene. Anyway, and, uh. Then distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. So they brought it to the apostles, and the apostles distributed it, and everybody had their needs met. So everybody had their needs met. All right, verse 36. And Joseph, who, who, was by, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. That's what our men's group is named after. He's called the son of encouragement. Which is being the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus having a field, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Hallelujah. Someone say, praise the Lord. And this created an atmosphere where people did not lack. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, you can't beat God-given, can you? And here, if you're, those of you that are here uh, today, you can give anytime during the service. If you're watching online, you can give uh, through our website there. And give in faith, amen? Don't, don't just give out of duty or obligation, but give because you love the Lord, amen? And, and watch what God will do. God can take your seed and multiply it and bring it back to you heaps and bounds. Father, I just release the blessing of the Lord that on every giver. And Lord, I thank you for the gifts that they bring into your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you cause a, an abundant harvest to return to them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Kids, we're, oh, uh, before we dismiss the kids, you know, just want to let you know coming up on Tuesday, it's primary election day. All right. And uh, I printed out for you uh, a voter's guide from the PA family, it, it has a series of questions and the responses that they had from the candidates, you know, it's good to research. Amen? Because we got to put uh, people with the right heart, and, and God's, God's the only one that can guide us. Right? I encourage you to vote. Don't think that your vote doesn't matter. It's our, it's our right in our Constitution for us to vote, and we ought to vote. Amen? But we ought to listen to the Holy Ghost on who to vote for. Because he's able to read between the lines. He's able to uh, sort through the smoke, and he's able to get you to, you know, because he'll bring you into all truth. Does that include elections? Yep. So, Heavenly Father, I ask you to lead God and direct us by your Holy Spirit as we cast this important vote for our state and for our nation, Lord. And we give you thanks and praise for your leadership for your guidance. Thank you for bringing us into all truth in Jesus' name. Amen. So these are available, uh, maybe one for, per family on the table as you exit. Okay? So you can uh, pick one up. And if you need more, we'll make some more copies. Amen? All right. I think I've covered everything now. Kids. We got some kids in this place. Kids living in faith every day. Amen? Kids, have a great day. Enjoy your class. Thanks to those who teach. Amen. Hallelujah. And also, men, uh, this is a a divine inspiration month for Barnabas. And I would encourage you to take a postcard and invite some guys to come. If you know guys that need a breakthrough, amen, of of any sort, uh, take a postcard and invite them to come. It's going to be a great time. And uh it'll make an impression on your life. All right, you guys ready for the word this morning? You excited about Jesus? You're ready to build the kingdom? You're ready to do God's will? Hallelujah, I'm in the right place today. Amen. And uh, you know we're living, I, I was I was going to, I actually was uh, going to prepare a message about something else. And, and the Lord, you know, he taps you on the shoulder and he says, no, that's not the direction you need to go. I'm like, okay, I had half my notes ready and got to start some other notes, but that's okay. Amen. My plan is always to do what God wants to say. I mean, he knows what to say better than I do. Amen. And uh, so I'm going to say what he wants to say today. And the title of this message today is faith that overcomes faith that overcomes. You know, we're, we're, we're facing a time today where there's some things that we need to overcome, right? And um, the way that we overcome is by faith. God's given us specifically a faith that overcomes the world, a, a faith that gets the victory. And uh, he's given us a victorious faith And the answer to every problem in humankind is have faith in God. Amen? And uh, so to live a successful life, we have to have a firm belief that it can be done. How many has a can be faith? Amen? Get rid of your can't faith, right? But keep your I I can faith. Because miracles come in cans. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? And, uh, you know, nothing happens in this world that takes God by surprise. Do you realize God knew exactly how much we would pay for gas right now? And what the devil wants you to do is he wants to get your focus on the problem and off of your God. Because when you get your eyes on the problem... You get anxious. And he wants to get you in that realm of the flesh so that he can enter into your life and steal, kill, and destroy. But we're going to focus on God. Amen? We have a provider. His name is Jehovah Jireh. And we need to approach the problems of today knowing that our God will provide, our God will deliver, our God has a way, amen? No matter what happens in the economy, God's got an economy, and it's much better than the world's economy. The world's economy is going to fail, God's economy will never fail. And we need to approach the problems of life like Abraham approached Mount Moriah. He was God had told him to sacrifice Isaac, the son of promise, the son whom he believed for, and Isaac was born 25 years after God spoke that he would he would be born. That after he spoke that uh, Abraham would have a son. And so Abraham had walked with God. Abraham had trained himself to listen to God's voice. He had trained himself to look to the word whenever there was a problem. Abraham had some problems, right? Did he always do the right thing? No. But he always looked to God. Amen? And 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 there were times when God had to correct him. And we need to get in the habit of looking to God. So, Abraham, he got up early, he saddled his donkey, he had the wood, he had the fire, Isaac was with him, a couple servants were with him, and and they're walking ahead. And uh, Isaac said, I see the wood and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham looked at his son and said, God himself will provide. Say, God himself will provide. He had full confidence that God was going to give him what was needed in the moment. Because if you're going to make a sacrifice, you need a sacrifice. He didn't tell his son, that, oh, son, today you're on the menu. Right? He didn't say today's your day. He said God himself will provide. So he walked in that confidence. He walked in that assurance. Isn't that what faith does? He trusted God. He didn't know how it was going to come or where it was going to come from. He just knew that God was going to do it. How many know that God will do it? He'll do it again. He'll do it tomorrow. He'll do it next week. He'll do it a month from now. God's a do it God. God can get it done. All we got to do is trust him. All we got to do is look to him, lean on him, and rely on him. And this, we're living in a time where believers can shine. The world can complain about how how high this or how high that, but we have a God who will provide. See, I have a God and He provides. So Abraham got to the place and he he said and, and the Spirit of God said, Yeah, this is the place right here. So he called it the mount on on which the Lord will provide. You know what it means to provide? It means to see. Do you realize God saw you at this time in history? He saw you at this moment in the world scheme. And he knew what you were going to need. And he had it ready there available for you. You just got to trust him. You couldn't see it yet, but you know that when you trust him, he's going to make it work out. If need be, God can fill your tank. If need be, he can extend your mileage. Amen? Amen. So we need to approach the world's challenges. This is faith to overcome. Don't side with complaining. Murmuring or grumbling. What's murmuring? (laughs) You're really not saying anything positive. Right? But you're you're rehearsing the problem in your mind and you're blaming whoever you think to blame about it. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Hallelujah. This is going to be made more clear as we go along. We're going to see how God had his people overcome challenges that they faced in life. And you're going to see and hear the testimony of the faithfulness of God. Do you realize faith is both seen and heard? Faith is something you do and something you say. And it, is, it has to agree with what God says. Amen? Faith, faith has to be attached to God's word, whether it's spoken or written. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse uh, 8, Matthew 6 and verse 8, it says, uh, Don't be like them, talking about the Pharisees and the hypocrites. For your Father knows what things you have need before you ask. Did you know that? God knows what you need before you ask him why he saw it. He knew it ahead of time and he's got it ready, but he wants you to ask him why asking demonstrates faith. Oh, yeah, as a as a father, God, I know what you need. Matter of fact, I know what you want and I know what you desire because I'm the only one who knows your heart. That's God talking. Right but he wants you to ask him. Why? Because that means you're turning to him. That means you're focused on him. That means you're listening to him. And that means you're letting his word direct you. Amen? Okay. So, don't you don't have to, you don't have to pray with vain repetitions, saying the same thing over and over again. God is not deaf. Amen? Amen. God is not hard of hearing either. I mean, someone who can read people's thoughts isn't, is not going to have a hard time hearing their voice. Right. right. So he, he gives them an outline to pray. All right. People have called this the Lord's Prayer. So it highlights when you pray, your prayers ought to be, start with praise and acknowledgement of who God is. He is your father in heaven, right? Hallowed be his name. That's praise. Our prayers ought to start with praise and acknowledgement of who God is. All right. Secondly, our praise, our prayers ought to be kingdom minded. Your prayers ought to be related to how you want, how God wants to help you build his kingdom. God's a kingdom builder, right? And then he said, uh, in, in this, uh, pattern of prayer he's you got to seek to do god's will in your prayer time god's going to talk to you about what his will is for you what he wants you to do today next week a year from now amen how many know we got to seek his will not my will what's your will god and guess what when our agenda conflicts with god's agenda guess which one gets to be let go our agenda right because none of us are the master, but Jesus is the master. Okay? And then he said, pray for your daily provision. Give us our daily bread. Right? Everybody say daily. daily. Can God provide for you daily? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the God who provided 2 to 3 million people for 40 years in the wilderness, certainly he could provide for you daily. Amen. But see, daily provision comes from a daily walk. Oh, we want God to provide daily, but are we walking with him daily? Are we fellowshipping with him daily? Okay? And then uh, our prayers should have the pattern of forgiveness. Forgiveness to us so that we can forgive others. Do you realize... God's forgiveness to us is based on how we forgive others. So if you're holding ought against anyone, God's withholding forgiveness from you. Yes. Think about that. So if while you're praying, the Holy, the Holy Spirit comes up and says, you know, you need to deal with this person that you had an attitude about. And, and believe me, when the whole, you'll know exactly what person he's talking about. Right? You won't have to wonder. Right? you've got to be quick to forgive and quick to repent. And we got to make allowances for people, but that's a whole nother message. All right? Then he said, uh, avoid the trap of temptation. Deliver us from temptation. You know, God doesn't lead you into temptation in the first place. Your flesh does. But God will get you. Do you realize with every temptation that's taken a man, God always gives an escape plan, a way out. There's, there's never a temptation that you can't get out of if you choose to do so. The devil made me do it. No, the devil can't make you do anything. And then finally, you got to, God has all the goods. He, Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Say, God has all the goods. Okay? Paul Youngie Cho said this, Thoughts that entertain the word if are nothing more than wishes. Thoughts that entertain the word if are nothing more than wishes. All right? Believers, how many believers are here today? You all are believers today, right? Believers need to live in the reality of God's ability, power, and willingness to do the impossible. We need to live in the reality of God's ability, willingness, and power to do the impossible. Are you living there? Are you living in the, with, the, with the mindset, all things are possible to them that believe. Everybody say all things. We, we are called as believers to live with this mindset. All things are possible. I can fill my tank. I can put money aside for my future. I can pay this bill. I can pay that bill. I can take this on. I can take that on. Why? All things are possible. I'm going to make the statement one more time to seal the deal. Believers, say that's me, need to live in the reality of God's ability, power, and willingness to do the impossible. Do you realize when you come up against a problem in life where you can't, God said, don't worry, I can. Just look to me, listen to me, and follow me, and I'll show you how you can. Amen? Amen. What's God's ability, power, and willingness? God has the ability to provide. God has the ability, power, and willingness to help. He's a very present help in trouble. He has power, willingness, and ability to heal. God, God, everyone that came to Jesus who was sick with anything was never turned away. He was never told to reschedule. Jesus never canceled an appointment for healing. And, and I got news for you. Doctors are good, but doctors don't heal. When you break an arm, a doctor can set the bone, but they're not healing it. What heals the arm? T-I-M-E. Who put that healing power in your body in the first place? God. When you cut your finger on a paper cut and it starts to bleed, and you hold it, and after a few minutes it stops bleeding, who put the ability to stop bleeding in our bodies? It was God. He created us that way. God made the body to live forever. Sin was the one that brought death into the scene. When God made man, he he didn't have thoughts of man dying. It was sin that brought that on. God has the power, willingness, and ability to rescue, to deliver. He can deliver you out of any situation. He can lead you. He can guide you. He can instruct you. God has the power, willingness, and ability to create. I mean, to create. If you don't have something, he can make it for you. Why? He's a creator. Look at the world that he made. Look at the body that he made. He can make things. He's making you a mansion. Right now, he's making things. God has the power, willingness, and ability to override natural limits. When you come against a natural limit that you can't break through, God has a way to break through, to overcome, to surpass it, to bypass it. He can go over it, around it, under it, it doesn't matter. Amen? God has the ability, power, and willingness to defeat enemies. He has. This power to calm storms. He has this power to touch hearts, to forgive and to change nations. Go with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I haven't even gotten to the stories yet of of the problems that they faced. Luke twelve and verse thirty one. I'll be like an old time Pentecostal. You got your shouting clothes on. I know when you when you go see your favorite whatever it is, you got your shouting clothes on, right? Luke twelve thirty one. But rather, seek the kingdom of God. In what, what position should the priority of God's kingdom be in your life? Everybody hold up your one finger. Right? Everybody say first. First things first. You take care of God's stuff first, and, he, and you'll be in a better position to have your other stuff taken care of by God. Okay? Seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Your seeking God first creates God to add things to you. Notice the heart of God, verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the what? To give you the what? God wants to give you a kingdom. He wants to give you a kingdom where you rule and reign. How do you rule and reign? With your mouth. He gave you the ability to speak the word. But in order to speak the word, you got to know what the word said. You can't speak the word without knowing what it said. Amen? Amen? It's your father's good pleasure. I'm telling you, God gets excited when his kids get a hold of a ki- Listen, my dad gave me a car. He gave me an education. He didn't give me a kingdom. But my father God wants everybody to have a kingdom. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Here's the keys to the kingdom. Go have fun. A kingdom. Glory to God. Go to Luke 18. Hallelujah. This is good. Luke 18, starting with verse 1. Jesus is talking here. Luke 18, 1. And he spoke a parable unto them. To this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. What does that mean? You should pray 24 hours a day? No, it means you should walk continually and steadfastly with God every day, every moment of the day. You ought to go to work with God. You ought to drive in the car with God. You ought to make cookies with God. You know, God's a baker. He he rained bread from heaven. You ought to take walks with God. You ought to wake up with God, go to sleep with God, you ought to eat with God. Okay? Men ought always to pray and not faint. We got a lot of Christians who faint. They're fainting at what's going on in our world today. Because quite frankly, I'm going to get ahead of myself. (laughs) Okay, so the point of this parable is consistency. It's consistency. All right. It's doing something over a period of time as a pattern that you set up in your life. Okay. Saying there was a in a city, a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Okay, this judge is wicked. Everybody say wicked. Do we have wicked judges today? Absolutely. Okay? So this judge didn't fear God or regard man. So it's a wicked judge. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, she came unto him what? What does faith do? Faith says. Okay? She was saying, avenge me of mine adversary. Or protect me. And he would not for a while. See, because a wicked judge, if he doesn't regard people, he's not going to get involved in peddling little things. But this wasn't a little thing to the woman. Amen? But she demonstrated faith. Okay? He would not for a while. Now, most people would have quit. They, I'm tired of saying I'm not getting anywhere. He's not changed his mind. I'm just going to quit and give up. Don't faint. Don't be weary in well-doing. Why? You shall reap if you what? Faint not. See, the temptation right there, when you're not seeing results, is to quit. Stop saying it. Stop doing it, because it doesn't work. This faith stuff doesn't work. No, you just didn't finish it. You know, Peter got out of the boat and walked on water, but he started to sink. He didn't say the faith didn't work. He, his, he lost his focus. Okay? The faith was working while his eyes were on the right place, wasn't it? Faith works when everything is in the right place where it should be. But it's when you look at these other things, okay? He would not for a while. Should you let up if you don't hear anything for a while? No, you got to keep pressing in. you got to keep, keep putting Holy Ghost pressure on it. Keep saying it. Amen? But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me. Oh, come on. You've got to trouble the world and the enemy with faith. Faith never quits. Faith never stops. Faith never gives up. Even when things don't look like they're coming to pass, faith keeps on. Faith keeps saying. Faith keeps walking. This judge began to think, she, listen, there was something about the faith of this woman that he saw. Yes. Now, this is a parable. This is explaining a spiritual truth. Because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. I'm telling you, faith will wear out the devil. You just got to stay in there. You got to hang in there. You can't quit. You can't stop. Faith will wear out the devil. Faith will get its reward. That's faith that overcomes. All of us have been tempted to quit before the battle was over. We've all been there. But that's not what faith that overcomes does. See, she wasn't looking to the judge. She was looking to the father. See, when you look to God, you're not going to quit. Amen? There were four guys that showed up to a meeting one day. And the place was packed, standing room only. They couldn't find a seat. And they had a friend with them that was paralyzed. They actually had to, ca- can you think about carrying a paralyzed man to a meeting that four people had to carry? Because they didn't have an ambulance in those days. But yet, they knew that they need to get their friend to the meeting. So, they show up, guy says, why don't you go check? He, he opens up the door, no seats. A lot of people would have quit right there. They said, nope. We're going to climb up the roof. What, climb up the roof, don't worry, we, we got you. They had to carry, four people had to carry a man onto the roof who was paralyzed. He couldn't carry himself. And they got up on that roof, they made a hole in the roof, and that was actually Jesus' house. And what happened? What did Jesus see? He saw their faith. See, faith will refuse any obstacle that's in its way to get to its miracle faith will override, faith will overcome every obstacle. Amen? And the verse 6, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, through though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? If you were to look at the world today, the world in which we live in, there there is unrighteousness at high levels in this nation. They make ungodly decisions based on demonic influence. This world it would seem has a famine of righteousness especially in places of influence places where decisions are made i mean they are good at lying they they misconstrue the truth and if you're not tuned into the truth you get sucked into the lie and You've got to be careful of your sources of information. So will the Son of Man, when he returns, will he find faith? Will he find people believing him or doubting him? I see it. I hear it. Faith is seen. Faith is heard. Because faith is an action. When when Jesus returns, will he find people who are more willing to quit or to hang in there? I've seen a lot of people quit church, quit doing the things that God tells us to do in his word. I've seen it. I'm talking over 20 years. I'm not talking recently. I've seen it happen. I've seen people walk away. When Jesus comes back, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find people? Will he find people who are overcomers? more than conquerors and triumphant people, or will he find overwhelmed, poverty-stricken, and defeated people? What's Jesus going to find? You know, he's coming back for a glorious church. Why hasn't he come back yet? Because we've got some wrinkles and spots yet. And the Holy Ghost is ironing them out. Amen? I was listening to Reinhardt Bonnke yesterday from a, a message of 2015. He said, God gave us power. He said, you know what kind of f- power God gave us? power. God gave us firepower. Holy Ghost fire. Amen? When Jesus comes back, will he find people who are swayed by the world or who will shine like lights in darkness? Who's influencing who more? Darkness or light? What's influencing you more? When Jesus comes back, will he find people praising more or complaining more? You know, God inhabits the praises of his people, but he does not participate in your complaints. Or mine either. If if I start complaining, God just says, I'm out of here. When Jesus comes back, will he find people who continue to live righteous or backsliding into the ways of the flesh and the world? You know, there's something about faith that doesn't quit. It's faith for in times like this. This is a good time to be a believer. Amen? Amen. Believers believe. Yeah. Amen? And if this world needs anything, it needs some people who believe in God. Who aren't ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen? Who aren't ashamed because it is the power of God, to salvation. It is the solution to our problems. It is the light and darkness. Amen? It is the way that we can overcome. Amen? This is a great time to be a believer. God knew that you could handle it. So he brought you here at this time, in this place, in history. He knew that you would choose to believe him, that you would walk with him, that you would follow him, that you would do his will. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. This is a good faith statement. Philippians 4.13. I'll read it from the Amplified. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him. Everybody say through him. Amen. That's not on your own. You've got to participate with him. That means you've got to look to him, listen to him, follow him, do what he says. Amen? Through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That's powerful. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Is Christ enough? You know, Paul was convinced that if all, if he only knew Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's all he needed to know to change the world and plant churches and, and do God's work. Amen? Amen. Christ is enough. Christ is more than enough. Hallelujah. And I can do... I am ready for anything and equal to do anything through him who infuses me with inner strength. Yeah. Hallelujah. I am embodied with strength that gets into the fray. Yeah. We need some Christians that get into the fray. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Not, not people who back down or sit down, but people who stand up and shout out. Amen. We got some shouters. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Your shout instills, it terrifies the enemy. Your shout can bring walls down. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Let's go to Genesis 26. Now we're going to get into the heart of faith that overcomes. Well, you know, if you need faith that overcomes, you got to have something to overcome, Right. Jesus made us overcomers. You've got overcoming DNA in you. You've got winning DNA in you. Our bloodline has all wins and zero losses since the beginning of time. Genesis 26, verse 1. Now, there was a famine in the land of Canaan, besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. In Genesis 12.10, there was another famine, and that's when Abraham went down to Egypt, and in Egypt he prospered, even though he lied. (laughs) That's God's mercy. All right? So, Isaac now was an older man. He was married... He was over, I don't know how old he was. He got married when he was 40. That's when he first met Rebecca. And uh, Isaac was the sole heir of all of Abraham's uh stuff. Okay? So Isaac was a rich man already. All right? I mean, if you inherit, if, if you're the son of Abraham, you are rich. Right? Genesis 13, uh, the Bible says Abraham was very rich. Everybody say very rich. Let's say it with excitement. Say very rich. very rich. You know, that's part of our heritage. Yes. Rich is a Bible word. It's a four-letter word, but it's a Bible word. Okay, it's not a bad word. So when, in a famine, what is there? There's lack. In a famine, crops are, are, are not being grown. Uh, the dirt is dry. Uh, hunger increases because there's shortages. Huh? Are we living in a day of shortages? Some of these shortages are man-made today. They're not, they're not because of this. They're man-made. Huh. That's why we, we can't rely on man. We gotta rely on God. So, what, when you see shortages, you're going to be tempted to do what you know to do through your experience or your past or something else or how you feel. Okay? Isaac grew up in a house with Abraham, and I'm sure that Abraham told him of the famine that happened, but he went down to Egypt and that's where he prospered. So this was, this was Isaac's thinking. Okay? So there was a famine in the land. So Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. Now he was getting ready to go down to Egypt, but the Word of God came to him. What happens when the Word of God comes to you? Faith comes to you. Amen. Faith comes by what? Hearing Hearing what? The The Word of God. Okay? Isaac did not have a Bible. He did not have a scroll. All right. None of this stuff was written for Isaac. So God had to speak to him audibly. All right. But whether it's rhema or logos, whether it's spoken or written, it's the word of God. And the word of God said, the Lord appeared to him. The word appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Aren't you glad when God interrupts your plans and he shows you his plan? God's got a better plan. God's got a better way. Okay, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I tell you. Live temporarily as a resident in this land, and I will be with you. Okay, so Isaac, number one, he had to not go down to Egypt. How many of you got to follow instructions? Okay, if God says don't go to Egypt, I'm not going to Egypt, right? Stay in the land which I tell you. That means you've got to continue to listen. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going down to Egypt, but then there's a place that you want me to be. Everybody say, continue to listen. Continue to listen. See, that's relationship. See, Isaac is in relationship with God. He's hearing God. God's giving him instructions. And I, Isaac is exercising his faith in obedience to the instruction. Because that's faith that overcomes. If you're in a famine, you need faith that overcomes. If you're in any kind of shortage, you need faith that overcomes. If you're short on strength, can God supply you with strength? Absolutely. Wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. Amen? Strength is renewable energy. All you gotta do is wait on God. You don't have to, you don't even have to plug in. You just have to wait on God. What does it mean to wait on God? Be in a position of active service. Waiting on God is not sitting down twiddling your thumbs. Waiting. No, waiting on God is like a waiter at a restaurant or a waitress in a restaurant. Can I get you some more coffee? Would you like fries with that? Is everything okay? Can I fill up your water glass? Would you like some more coffee? Would you like cream with it? Would you like to see the dessert menu? What are they doing? They are actively serving. If you're not actively serving, it's going to be a hard time getting your strength renewed. Okay, another message. So God promises that if you follow this instruction, I will be with you, I will bless you, and favor you, for I will give all these lands to you and your descendants. Okay? When things are not going well in the world, you need to hear from, communicate with, and obey God. Amen? Because God has, wh- God has ways around the world's problems that we don't even know. God has solutions that we haven't even seen before. Amen? I mean, my goodness. Israel didn't lack a thing for 40 years in the wilderness, and we're not living in the wilderness. We're living, we're, we're living in the promises of God. Amen? The promises of God are flowing with milk and honey. Do you realize when Israel entered into the promised land, the manna stopped? Why? Because now they had an abundance. God didn't have to bring it from heaven anymore. You could grow it. And it was very fertile, very rich. You could feed your cows, your camels, your donkeys, and all your whole family and have more than, more left over. Amen? God, we're not in the wilderness, people. Get out of the wilderness. If your mind is in the wilderness, get out of the wilderness. You're not in the wilderness. Get in the promises. Get in the word. If you feel a complaint starting to come on about the economy, get in the word. Find out what God says and then say what God says about it. Oh my goodness. I'm not going to even get through all of these yet. I'll tell. You. Okay? So I will be with you. I will favor you. I will bless you. I'll give you lands. Right? Uh he said. He said uh Carry out the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. I will make your descendants multiply so you will receive multiplication. And notice what he said in verse 5. Abraham listened to and obeyed my voice consistently. He kept my charge, my commandments, and my statutes and my laws. What made Abraham a success? He kept God's word. What's going to make you a success? Keeping God's word. Doing what he says on a consistent, steady basis. Day in, week in, month in, every, every day until he comes. Amen? So, faith listens to God's word, is led by God's word. Faith gives God's word first place in life decisions. Abraham, uh, Isaac had a real temptation to go to Egypt, but that wasn't God's will for him. You just go where I tell you to go, and that's where you're going to thrive. How many want to thrive? Yeah. Amen? I don't want to survive, I want to thrive. I was watching a program last night called Primal Survival. What interested me was this guy was making his way through the Amazon jungle through Guyana. And he's traveling by himself. Of course, he's got a camera crew. But bare feet, you know, he's encountering encountering all these dangers and all these things. And, uh, you know, he, he encountered an electric eel. He got shocked. He said, it's like sticking your hand in a light socket. But he was surviving. I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. How many know we can thrive with God? Every challenge that rose up in this world, God caused his people to thrive. See, God's Word gives you a different attitude, a different direction, and a different perspective than the world or life. God's Word will set your thinking straight. It'll, cook it out. It'll, it'll straighten the crooked parts out. Amen. It'll build up the low places. Embracing and obeying God's word produces a greater re- return. Amen. The return that God promised Isaac was greater than what he had. Than what he could do on his own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It produced blessing, favor, ownership, dominion, and multiplication. So, Isaac remained where God said to be. How many know it's good to be in the place where God said to be? Everybody say remain there until God says go. The only one who can, if God brought you here, the only the only reason you can leave is if God said to leave. If, if something else brought you here, then that's what's going to tell you. To either stay or leave. But if God brought you here, you can't go until God says go. If you, if you, if you do it, if you do something that God didn't say, His blessing is not on it. See, some people think that they can live any way that they want to live, do anything that they want to do, and God will still bless them. And that's not true. Now, people who are ungodly, they can earn money. There are a lot of ungodly rich people in this world, right? There, There is a riches, but they're ungodly. They're not living for God. You, people can get rich with not living for God, but their lives are messed up real bad. You know, be, Bible rich is more than just having money. It's having a good life, a fun life. Amen? Hallelujah. Free from torment. So... Isaac had this faith. He had this relationship with God. He did what God said. Now look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. Then, after some time had passed, you know, the Bible says, uh, in in this passage of scripture, it says, uh, you know, uh, some time had passed. So I don't know if the famine was still going on or it was ended, but it doesn't matter. Isaac was in the place where God told him to be. And Isaac had the faith to multiply. Do you have faith to multiply? Isaac planted seed in that land. What does that mean? He planted crops. He enhanced his business. All right? And he reaped in the same year a hundred times. Is that a supernatural multiplication? Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's like the maximum fold. Why? H- how, did Abe, how did Isaac get that faith to do that? Because God said, I'll be with you. I'll multiply you. Say, God's with, God's with me? God will multiply me. Will multiply. multiply means He makes you greater than what you are. He gives you more than what you have. Right. Amen? Yeah. Our God is a supplier. He doesn't, He's not El Cheapo. He's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. Our God is not El Cheapo. God did not tell Moses, okay Moses, I want you to cut some corners and build the tabernacle. <laughs> no, He didn't. God never cuts corners. We cut corners. The flesh cuts corners. God doesn't cut corners. I'm just going to give you a part of salvation. I'm not going to give you the whole thing. No, God doesn't cut corners. Jesus gave it all. There was nothing more that he could give. He didn't cut corners. But we, we want to cut corners. The flesh wants to cut corners. Why? The flesh always looks for the easy way out. But you know what? God's way is not always the easiest way on our flesh. Cuz guess what? When God wants to do something, he doesn't ask your flesh. He can care less what your flesh says. We're supposed to He speaks to our spirit. It's spirit to spirit. He put your spirit in when you got born again. Your spirit is now in control. Your flesh got demoted. Jesus never asked anybody, or God never asked anybody, how do you feel, Noah, about if I tell you to build this ark? Noah, tell me what your feeling is about this ark. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Build an ark? Feelings weren't even uh, an issue. Abraham, how do you feel about being a father at 100? didn't ask him how he felt. Sarah, how do you feel about being a mother at 90? didn't ask her how she felt. David, how do you feel about, don't you feel Goliath's pain that you caused him? David didn't feel an ounce of pain. Why? He was an uncircumcised person who was talking against God. Feelings are never a concern of God. God gave them to us. Mm -hmm. They're just indicators. They're not leaders. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? So Isaac reaped the same year. And he experienced three levels of increase. Okay? He, number one, he became great. Wasn't Isaac great already? He inherited all of Abraham's stuff. Abraham was rich. He inherited riches. He, how can you be rich and, and become great? Because you're not doing it on the past. You're doing it with God. Isaac didn't rely on his inheritance from his father. He got connected to his heavenly father. He had his own relationship with God. He didn't rely on the past or his laurels or his experience or his uh, strength. He did it because God's word spoke to him and he believed God's word. He had faith that overcomes. So number one, he became great. Number two, he gained more and more. Can, can God give you more? More. Yes, there's more to have in God. There's more to have. Say, there's more. more. Be like Oliver Twist. Can I have some more, please? Right? When God says, when you ask God, can I have some more? He goes, yes and amen. Amen. God will be like a Guyanese person. They'll heap it on your plate. When I first got married... The Guyanese women would fill their husbands' plates. I mean, they'd pile it on there. But see, I had a different mindset. And one day we were visiting some relatives, right? And uh, the food was ready. And Fiona says, you're going to get some? And I walked into the kitchen. I was the only guy that did this. Because I'm not Guyanese. I'm only Guyanese by association. And I walked into the kitchen and I filled my own plate. And all the ladies are looking at Fiona. Like, what? What's happening? You know, I totally blew their mindset. I graduated to be able to fill my own plate. Hallelujah. (laughs) And then notice the third level. He became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. And the Philistines envied him. did uh, did God supply Elijah's need in the midst of a famine that Elijah caused? (laughs) Do you realize, you know, Elijah caused the famine. He said, it's not going to rain except at my word, right? God didn't say, Gabriel, Michael, what are we going to do? There's going to be a famine. No. Do you realize God... are, are? already had provision ready for Elijah in the place of obedience. Go to the brook Cherith. Okay, I go to the brook. There's water. Okay, what am I going to do for food? The ravens, unclean birds, are going to bring you a whopper in the morning and a whopper in the evening. (laughs) These birds brought bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. How many would complain about how Listen, God used ravens before there was DoorDash. God used ravens. How many would feel okay with a raven giving you food? Or would you complain about the way that God provided it? Or would you be grateful that you had something to eat? Think about it. See, faith has got ways around problems. Right? Right? Do you realize in the days of Joseph, when Joseph was a prisoner, the Pharaoh had a dream. And there was going to be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. Why? God was about to set his people up. Amen? And God set up Joseph to be in the right position at the right time so that he could save his people. There were 70 people that that Jacob had, uh, had gotten to. Jacob... And his four wives and 12 sons and all their children were amounted to 70 people. Okay? And and there was seven years of plenty. Right? So what did God do? He put the wisdom of God in a man named Joseph to take aside 20% every year and set it aside for seven years. See, God knew what was coming. He set his people up before the, the tragedy came. And Joseph, he acted in faith. He set aside 20%, 20% every year, 20%, a fifth. That's a 20%, right? So then when the famine came, and Jacob and his 70 people were hungry, where did they go? They went to Egypt. Who was in charge of Egypt? It was Joseph. He got there way ahead of the famine, way ahead of the scarcity, way ahead of the problem. And God was able to provide. Didn't take God by surprise. In 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 7, the, the Syrians had surrounded Samaria. And they, they wanted to conquer them, not by killing them, but by starving them. And in that time, People were eating kids. It got so bad that a donkey's head was being sold for eighty shekels. My goodness, that's the worst part you could eat. That's the cheapest part, and there's not much nutrients there. But it was being sold for a high price. And a cob of dung's dove. Now, some people say that that was plants, but I, I thought it's actually it's probably dung. They were selling dove's dung. You've got to be in pretty bad shape. See, an army had surrounded the city. They couldn't go out. They couldn't go in. No supplies could come in. No supplies could go out. But the word of the Lord came to the prophet. See, because the prophets at that time spoke the word of the Lord. And Elisha said, tomorrow you're going to see the situation change. And, and, and the guy doubted it. He said, you're going to see it, but you won't get to participate in it. See, when you doubt, you don't participate. Doubters do without. Believers receive. Doubters do without. Believers receive. So you've got to make up your mind. Which are you? Are you a believer or are you a doubter? Anyway, so the prophet spoke the word. No one knew how God was going to do it. No one knew what was going to take place for this economic situation to change. But there were four lepers who had to sit outside the city because they had leprosy. They couldn't mix in with the group, right? Even when when Israel was in the wilderness, they had to sit outside the camp, right? So the lepers were sitting there. And they say, well, if we go to the Syrians, we might die. If we stay here, we're going to die. We might as well do something. That's what faith does. Faith does something. Say, faith does something. Faith takes some action. Faith says some words. And these four lepers who were covered with skin disease, who didn't amount to anything, people forgot about them. They were sitting outside, starving. They just got up and started walking. And God made four lepers sound like an army. You know, when God, God, listen, God will get behind any action towards progress. And these four lepers started walking, and all of a sudden, they got to the Syrian camp. Everybody left in a hurry. They left their food, they left their weapons, they left their clothes. And these four lepers, they're stuffing their faces. And then and the one guy said, we ought not, we, we better tell someone about this. That might have been Gehazi. Some, some scholars alluded that might have been Gehazi, because Gehazi got leprosy. When he uh, in in Second Kings five when Naaman got healed, because he 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 was greedy and covetous and he wanted Naaman's reward anyway. That's a side point. Won't charge anything extra for it. So they went and told the king, and the king said, oh, the Syrians, they're just they're just hiding out. Well, if you send five people on the horses that we have here, uh, go check it out. And if five people get killed, then then we don't lose the whole city, right?" So they sent out five, and sure enough, it was just like the leper said. And guess what? That day, one day, turn around. Everybody say, one day, turn around. Day. What turned it around? The word of the Lord, and an action corresponding with the word. Now the lepers didn't hear the word; they just they just decided they were going to act. Amen. And the whole economic situation of Samaria turned around in one day, because God used some lepers who decided to get up off their duff. And just take a walk. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're not going to be able to change the problems in your own strength. Peter was not able to fill his boat. On his own strength until Jesus got into his boat. But the moment Jesus got into his boat. All of a sudden, the fish multiplied. More fish than they ever dreamed, than they'd ever imagined. They were, I mean, the, if the fishermen are astonished, you know it's a big catch. They've been, Peter's been fishing all of his life. He would never caught a catch like, sinking two boats? Why? He toiled all night. See, if you're trying to do it on your own, you're going to toil. you got to trust God. Faith trusts God. Faith looks to God. This is the faith that overcomes. You look at throughout the Bible, every famine that was recorded, you look at what God did to his people. He rescued them. He brought them out. He made provision. Amen. It's the same way today. Hallelujah. We have faith that overcomes. Say, I got a faith that overcomes. Say, my faith overcomes sickness. My faith overcomes poverty. My faith overcomes weakness. My faith overcomes viruses. My faith overcomes infirmity. My faith can do anything. God is with me. God is for me. He's not against me. I will succeed and I will prosper because I'm going to do it God's way. God's got a way. And I'm going to do it his way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get to your feet. And that ought to make you shout right there. Yeah. You. Amen. You've got the same overcoming faith that Jesus had when they put him in the grave. Yeah. You've got the same overcoming faith that Daniel had when they put him in the lion's den. You've got the same overcoming faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had when they threw him in the oven. You've got the same overcoming faith that Jacob had when his wages were changed ten times and he ended up better than his employer. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Jesus. yeah it took 20 years. So what? So what? If it takes twenty years, so what? You you're on, you're on eternity time. Amen. You're in this thing forever. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk by faith until Jesus comes, and then I'm gonna walk into faith. Amen. I'm gonna walk by faith and finish my course that Jesus has for me, no matter what. Ain't no stopping us now, right? Ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move, right? Amen. You've got overcoming faith. Now, if you came in here today with something that you need to overcome, you got overcoming faith. God already assigned the victory to you. He already gave you the solution. He already made the provision. It's already here, ready for you. You just got to come and get it. Amen. If you need, if you if you need something. uh to, Like that today, if there's something that you need to overcome, whatever it is, physical, financial, spiritual, mental, it doesn't matter. Career-wise, life-wise, it doesn't matter. God's got it. Amen? So I want to just make myself available to pray for you. Amen? I believe God's power is here.